Welcome to Dino Skeptics Live, episode number one on the 6th of December 2016, a Tuesday evening here in Australia. I'm coming to you from Melbourne and I've got with me Lucas who's coming to us from Brisbane. So without any further ado, I'll say hello to you, Lucas. How are you this evening, my good man? Yeah, Jono, pretty good, mate. It's uh, nice and warm up here, mate, which uh, you might enjoy when you get up here. Uh, well, the one good thing about being in Melbourne is my, uh, my beanie actually serves a practical purpose. You know, we're in the middle of, uh, of summer now and it's literally still chilly, would you believe? I would believe that. I, I thought the beanie was just for fashion, mate. I, <laughs> uh, but, hey, I'll stay corrected. Yeah, we had a bit of a storm last night too. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a nice uh, hot one heading out to Winton. 44, I think it got out at Birdsville the other day as well. Um, so we could be in for a for a nice treat heading out there. So, yeah, anyway, uh, my name's Lucas. Um, I mean, I may or may not know me. Um, ran into Jono here at a Bitcoin meetup actually and uh, had a few frothies along the way. We... Uh, got into the conversation of dinosaurs once upon a time. So those who may or may not know, I've uh, actually got a four-year-old son and he's into all things dinosaurs. Uh, there's so many dinosaur kids uh, programs on. Um, yeah, dino trains, dino trucks, dino everything. Dino is something. Um, yeah, so pretty interested in, in dinosaurs, seeing, what, uh, seeing the uh, propaganda or the... Or, or the imagery that gets projected on the kids, and yeah, got a bit of an interest from a from a parent as well as a um, yeah, a bit of a I guess a follower on on dinosaurs uh, growing up, getting taught the narrative. So yeah, what better way to go out and uh, see some dinosaurs for ourselves out at out at Winton? Well, as I said to you before the show started, uh, Lucas, a lot of people won't really remember much about your appearances on the show before. A lot of them won't even really know what it is that we're talking about when we talk about Winton. So let me just give them a quick overview here. In a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks, you and myself will be making a road trip out to Winton, Queensland, which is considered to be like the home of Australian dinosaurs. And that'll be as part of, uh, I guess, getting some footage and some information to put together as part of a feature-length documentary that we plan to release early next year. So the idea is we head out, we film some stuff, maybe ask some questions, if anybody will answer the questions, get a whole ton of footage, come back, uh, do some post-production and release the documentary to, uh, I guess, to the public. And uh, we have spoken about this a little bit. There is a video on my website, on johnlebon.com, where you and I are sitting there at the Lynn Cafe discussing this a week or two ago. But many people will be watching this without any idea what we're talking about. So, Let's get straight into it then. Why don't you explain to the viewers who might not already be aware what Winton, Queensland is? Why is it important? Why you want to take a trip out to uh, the middle of central Queensland? Yeah, well, I guess growing up, um, had a interest in dinosaurs um, and most of the uh, propaganda or, or uh, narrative was coming out of the States, if I remember correctly. Um, so when the dinosaur skeptic uh, conversations came up. I thought, well, are there any uh, dinosaur uh, sites in Australia? And Winton popped up, and I actually never even heard of Winton, even though it's in my own state. Um, so I started doing a bit of research and found it was uh, about a 12 or 14-hour drive out west, uh, still in the same state. So I uh, had the idea that we should maybe head out there. My uh, parents have gone the whole grey nomad style, 
Um, so they've got themselves set up quite well. So we've got the, the transport and the logistics. So I thought we should um, go out there and have a look. And yeah, to answer your question, it's a um, pretty popular uh, site uh, in Australia. They've, um, their claim to fame was what they call the Lark Stampede, which they happened to stumble on a not only one, but up to 3,000 uh, footprints out at this uh, Lark Quarry. Um, and there's a bit of uh, a few papers that came out of that. That was the evidence to say that dinosaurs, I guess, uh, form stampedes, and they they reckon that that scene from Jurassic Park was actually where they all where there's that herd of dinosaurs um, were actually based on that evidence found out at Lark Quarry out of, out near Winton. Hmm, that's a good overview. So basically, uh, this place called Winton, a town in, uh, I guess, north central Queensland, is where they've supposedly discovered several different species of dinosaur, and uh, it's now considered the home of Australian paleontology. And so the plan is that Lucas and I will be heading out there on a bit of a road trip in a few weeks' time, getting some footage, coming back and putting together a feature-length documentary on the topic of dinosaurs and specifically some of the species that they've found uh, in and around Winton. So the idea with this video and future Dinosaur Skeptics Live, uh, Dinosaur Skeptic Live videos will be just to discuss, I guess, the pre-production of uh, that film, which we're in right now. We're officially in pre-production now and to give people who might be interested in this topic an idea of how it's all going. So with that overview out of the way, let's jump back a little bit again, though, Lucas. A lot of people will have no idea uh, why you're interested in this. They know why I'm interested in a skeptic and I've been talking about what I call the dino fraud for over a year now but uh, a lot of people will be oblivious to how you and I even met or why you might be interested in this topic yourself so do you want to take the podium for a moment and just explain to the good people at home all around the world what it is that's got you in particular firstly talking to someone like me someone who doesn't necessarily believe in dinosaurs and gets you spending a week of your time that you don't have to spend taking a road trip into the middle of Australia. It's going to take us a couple of days to get there, a couple of days to get back, a couple of days on location, a solid week or more. What could lead you to want to spend this time doing this? Yeah, uh, very good question. So I hope I can answer it well. Um, I guess we met at one of my meetups that I run. Um, for those who don't know, meetup is a website we can just... Uh, Topic uh, that I find interesting is Bitcoin. So I run the, the meetup here in Brisbane where we talk about all things uh, Bitcoin. And uh, lo and behold, this uh, lanky fellow rocked up, Jono, uh, trying to learn about Bitcoin. I hope I uh, pass some knowledge on. So I'm a bit of a skeptic, or not, not skeptic, a bit of a not um, a bit of an alternative narrative to, to the main line of you know currencies, etc. And that's where. I focus my uh, interest in research. Um, you've gone a little bit further to that, to all things from vaccination to you know other 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 um, ideas or other uh, theories. And uh, you mentioned once, uh, I guess, dinosaurs that came up too. So, you know, like I said, um, I always had a little bit of an interest in dinosaurs. So I thought, well, you know, I'm willing to listen to a lot of it. Some of your uh, some of your podcasts I don't agree with, and yeah, that's just my, my beliefs or, or whatever. Like, you know, vaccination's a good one. I have my own opinions on, opinions on that. Yeah, I, I make my own adult decisions, and being a parent, that's my, that's my choice. It's my right. 
Um, whether they're right or wrong, I don't really care. They're mine. I make them with research. Um, but Donaldson is one that had come up and said, yeah, you know, this, this is interesting that um, maybe there is something there. You know, I'll, I'll have a look at it. Um, started digging around at the official narrative, just you, you know, using Google Scholar and trying to find the earliest papers that mentioned dinosaurs. And some of the things actually um, seem to be true with what uh, other, other people were saying, um, some of the atheists as well, um, which is interesting. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, the official paper, the first paper that I found felt like a child had written it. Uh, I think the official narrative is that they came across some bones and then lo and behold, when he went back, he couldn't actually find uh, the site again. And um, that's how they got into pop culture or scientific uh, <laughs> literature. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting conversation. Um, you know, are the bones real? Some people say that when you go and see the, the uh, bones at the uh, museums, that they're not, they're just casts, um, which say if, if that is true, then you have no real evidence that there are actual bones. Um, so, yeah, I just want to go out and be objective. Um, but, you know, I'm of the opinion they probably did exist um, and I'm there just to, to review the evidence like, uh, like anyone should, I guess. So yeah, in the ideal that. world, people would review evidence before believing in things, but we live in a very interesting times, Lucas, where a lot of people will take things basically on faith. And if lots of experts say that a species of creature existed 70 million years ago, they're liable to believe that without any evidence whatsoever other than the word of the experts. And uh, we've got more than 20 people watching live. This is, of course, being recorded live uh, and broadcast live via Google Hangouts. Despite the fact it's on late notice, we've got more than 20 people there. And in the live chat, Sam says that he identifies as a triceratops. So this is amazingly triggering for him to hear my hate speech towards his species. Dino lives matter. And, of course, I do attract uh, quite a, a range of people to my channel. I talk about a lot of topics, as Lucas has uh, touched on a few there. I do touch, I do look at a, a whole bunch of topics, whether it's to do with vaccinations, as Lucas said, or uh, social issues, such as the ones that are being brought up right now, you know, um, race realism and these sorts of things, or to do with science, whether it's uh, heliocentrism or dinosaurs or what have you, my interest is looking at the evidence and seeing what I can actually prove with my own senses, with my own sight and touch, uh, the empirical observations that I can make, what can I actually prove and do they match with what I believe? And then I guess looking at the sociological aspects as well, what do other people believe and what's their evidence? So... These are my interests. They've been my interests for a long time now. And uh, dinosaurs, I think, is a good one because most of us fully believe in dinosaurs, even though none of us have ever seen a single dinosaur. And I guess, Lucas, where you add a good dynamic to this is that you are a parent. You have uh, children, one of whom might be at that age where he's learning about dinosaurs. Can you tell us maybe how your investigation into dinosaurs how that's affected, um, you know, the way that you perceive the education of children? Yeah, that, that's a good one. Like, um, well, personally, when my son found out that I was going out to Winton, um, he immediately wanted to come. But this is a guy who, you know, gets grumpy about after, after about an hour in the car. So it's probably, yeah, we'll have to wait 10 years for that's going to happen. So there's already an effect there that he's um, he wants to see him for himself and is interested in the trip. Um but I guess he has been introduced to this topic through um, daytime television. So he already knows the species and he probably even knows like different periods of the Cretaceous period, etc. 
um, just via, um, you know, basically cartoons. So when you even hit, um, uh, I guess, primary schools when you start to learn them, you've already got uh, an understanding uh, from you know, the, the official narrative of these dinosaurs and these species. So you're, you know, you're already preconditioned before you even go in, into this. So, um, yeah, and this is... Like we don't we don't watch a lot of TV, but you know, as as a father, when you're getting you know, when you're getting ready and stuff, you sometimes have to put on the the babysitter and, and do your stuff and um you know and yeah you know, put put these shows in front of them. So they have picked it up, and yeah, you know, their peers all talk about it as well. So you can see that there's an influence on children before you know before they even reach school that they can identify with different species. They can we even draw different species, um, and we look at yeah you know, we got books like the uh, the Australian Geographic here, where they give out you know posters for your kids to hang on their walls, um, full of dinosaurs. So, um, yeah, so you've got a a battle, I guess, as a parent, if you don't believe the official narrative that this is what's being you know projected on your children um, through media. So. Yeah, and I think that's an area where it's very easy to get into. Once you start looking at these topics, it's very easy to get into the meta aspect of the topic, such as let's just say dinosaurs are real. For argument's sake, let's say they're completely real. No scientist or paleontologist or expert has ever lied or embellished their story, not once. Still, it's interesting to think that we teach children dinosaurs, which are meant to be a scientific discovery, and we're meant to infer these dinosaurs scientifically through the bones that are found. We teach them about the dinosaurs before we teach them the scientific method or we teach them logic. Now, why on earth, even if the dinosaurs were completely real, Lucas, why on earth would we be teaching children dinosaurs at the age of five, six, seven? I was taught about them in grade one, which is like six years old, grade one or two, six or seven years old. And I'm sure it's very similar in many schools across Australia. Why on earth would we be teaching children about the, I guess, the outcomes of this scientific process before we teach them the process itself? Have you thought much about that? Um, to be honest, no, I haven't. Um, but there is, through the museums, I mean, uh, they don't actually make the conclusions a lot of the time. They they do present evidence. I think there's a bit of a disconnect from what you see in museums and, and what seems to be academia to the media as well. So there seems to be a media that this is um, 100%. Yeah, it, it's like theatre. It's, it's a, um, a show that's already produced versus... And that seems to be the, the um, general consensus. But if you actually look at some of the papers or even at the museums, it doesn't necessarily make that uh, that conclusion. But if people don't go to the museums, etc., then they're not ever going to see that there is this disconnect. So if you get what I'm saying, that the um, the media portrays them that there are 100% fact, um, that they, are, they did walk now these periods and... Um, yeah, that just that is the accepted uh, that is the accepted narrative. So I think that's that answers your question. That yeah, that I think it's a, a bit of a disconnect that the media um, aims at that is legit versus what actually is in the uh, in the museums, etc. Well, here's where I'm going with this. Is my screen share coming through? Can you see that on your screen there? It should be coming up with my oh. Dino Fraud screen. Is that working? Yeah, I can see the little lizard head. But I yeah, okay, so this is this is an old meme. This is the old Philosoraptor meme. And yep. I put this one together for the website that I've been working on. Obviously, my website is johnthebond.com. Now, I've got it there. The Philosoraptor is asking, 
why does school teach children about dinosaurs before it teaches them logic or the scientific method? Now, this isn't meant to be a rhetorical question. I'm trying to get people to actually think about this. If the scientific method is a valid method for trying to understand the world around us, and if logic is useful in trying to understand the world around us, why is it that we give children these stories that are very emotionally compelling, such as The Land Before Time, which was a very popular film back when I was a child, where you can identify with Ducky or you can identify with Littlefoot or you can identify with Sarah or Petrie or Spike. Why are we giving children these stories that are very easy for them to buy into emotionally, stories that are based on creatures that science has discovered or inferred, before we've given those children any ability to deal with the science that underpins the story? This isn't a rhetorical question. I'm going somewhere with this. Lucas, now that I've explained it like that, can you see why I'm asking this question? Well, I guess you can sell more toys if you do it, if you present it that way. Um, but I think you got to understand that, that logic is hard. When, when on, I don't know when the first time you actually formally studied logic, it wasn't until university for myself, but logic is actually hard and a lot of people don't understand it. So I think you might be underestimating uh, or overestimating you know, the mental capacity of, um, of of children as well. So... To present am, am I overestimating their capacity or am I judging it fairly? If the children haven't been taught to assess scientific claims scientifically, then they will accept any claims that are put to them. So if you were to show them, I mean, a lot of parents, I'll give an example. I went to the Queensland State Museum or State Museum and Science Centre. You know the one that's right, it's right yeah. near the uh, bus stop in between yeah. the bus stop and the river in Brisbane, right? Yeah. I went there when they were having that dinosaur exhibition uh, what do they call it lost creatures of the cretaceous or whatever i've got a whole ton of footage i'll be releasing that to my channel to my website very soon the point is one of the things i noticed there was how many children were there it was predominantly a, a children um, event from what i could tell right and you could just see that a lot of the parents they it was almost like they felt like this wasn't just a, a way to take the kids out of the house for the day the kids were learning something scientific right and i think there is this element of to parents, dinosaurs are science. You know, these are paleontologists, these are archaeologists, these are experts of one type or another, right? It's almost like to the parents, this is uh, this is science, this is learning, this is this is useful or practical. Whereas to the children, it's fun, like you said, toys and, and characters and whatever. Do you think there's an element of by getting the children to buy into the story before they know what science is, then anything that science says about these dinosaurs? Years later, when the children get to high school or to university, the ch children have already bought. No way they're going to question it. Do you think that that's possible? Uh, listening to, uh, I think you've, I, I can't hear you there, buddy. But uh, listening to uh, your podcast, yeah, de definitely, uh, definitely, that is a possibility. I don't personally uh, believe that that would be true, but there's no reason why it couldn't be. You know, it's uh, like I said they've already got a preconceived idea of what dinosaurs are before they even start to study is, is, is what you're getting at. It's already biased, so definitely. But whether it's um, by design, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an area that, yeah, that only you can make that judgment call on. Yeah, and I think this, this happens a lot. People say, oh, well, what, like, what is the motivation? You know, if somebody is embellishing a story or outright lying, what is the motivation? And obviously, for each instance, I don't know the answer. 
But if we do know that the Jurassic Park franchises have officially generated more than a billion dollars in revenue, then we do know that someone's making money from this just from the films, right? But then you go through the list of dinosaur films that have been targeted at children and you start to wonder, is it simply that the people who are making these films uh, know that children like the stories of dinosaurs, so these are potentially profitable films, or is it possible that there's another agenda at play? And for a lot of people, as soon as they start hearing these questions, their mind shuts down and they accuse other people of being conspiratorial or whatever. They can't deal with these kinds of questions. They can't think about them logically. They shut down. I would argue that's because they've been programmed to shut down. These questions are too far. The idea that TVs or movies could be used to condition the masses, that's far too far for probably the majority of people. Uh, whereas for me, that's a very interesting part of all of this. It's like, why are there so many movies about dinosaurs for children? Why have most of them come out in the last 20 years? Can I ask you, Lucas, does, do your children own any uh, VHS or DVDs of, uh, of dinosaur films? <laughs> VHS or DVD, mate, you're sure. It's all iTunes now, buddy. Is uh, it? No, no, we, we don't have any, any of that nonsense just yet. No, I don't, I've bought them a couple of toys, though. Uh, we've got a couple of toys and my little man makes dinosaurs out of Lego. So, you know, we make our own little creations. But um, there's no doubt that it, there's marketing to it, right? The, you know, your whole, your whole event at the uh, Natural History Museum or where, whatever it is called up in here in Brisbane, yeah, it's, it's, it's a marketing event. It's, it's there to make money. Um, there's no risk on that. And it's to bring people in. Now, what, what the motivation there is, is, yeah, is up for debate, right? So is there an agenda like you might put it, or is it to get kids interested in science? Like is there, you know, that, that's what a lot of people would say, that it's just there for family entertainment and, like you said, trying to get kids into science. Um, whether there's other nefarious motives, I don't know. I don't believe so. Um, yeah, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun way you know, to, to get kids interested in science and maybe to ask the questions. Um, so there's also that aspect as well. So, yeah, maybe ask those questions about it. Maybe there are holes in the story that you know, need to be answered. You wonder what would happen if a child turned around to his or her parent and said, uh, mum or dad, if these dinosaurs evolved over millions of years, how come the T-Rex has such tiny, shitty, impractical little arms? What would the parents say? Probably something along the lines of, you'll have to ask an, es an expert, honey. I'll take you to the museum I'll take you to Lost Creatures of the Cretaceous at the Queensland State Museum and Science Centre and you can ask an expert there why the T-Rex evolved over millions of years to have silly, comically impractical little arms. What say you? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, and it comes up, it comes up a bit. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But, yeah. Like, uh, you know, that's, mummy, that's, mummy that's, and daddy... Mummy and Daddy, you know how like the heavier something is, the harder it falls. How could how could dinosaurs the size of a T Rex move around at any great speed? Like at that size, just just trying to walk around would wreak havoc on its joints, would it, Mummy and Daddy? I've got a funny feeling the parents aren't getting too many of these tough tough questions from the children because they're buying emotionally into the stories of the films. And what I'm trying to suggest to you and to the listeners is by the time someone has emotionally bought into a story consciously or subconsciously, their critical thinking faculties shut down. And so children who haven't been taught the scientific method, I mean, Lucas, here's one for you. Putting aside dinosaurs, how many uh, adults in Australia today 
do you think could explain to you on the spot what the scientific method is? Like roughly ballpark figures. Six. What what proportion? What proportion of people? If you polled a hundred people on Queen Street Mall in Brisbane, out of the blue, how many would you guess could explain to you what the scientific method is? I reckon you'd probably get twenty five percent. Would be my guess. You reckon um, a quarter of people? That's very optimistic, I think. But let's go with that. Let's just go with that. Do people ever wonder why you can go through 12 or 13 years of school? Let's just say it's a quarter of people can explain the scientific method. Why a majority of people couldn't explain the scientific method after 13 years of school? No, probably not. You've, you've gone a bit quiet there too, but I think your mic's coming in and out. Sorry about that. Yeah, Is think, that working a bit better? Yeah, I think it might be the bandwidth. But, uh, yeah, it could be the bandwidth, but um, but do you get what I'm trying to say here? Why why after 13 years uh, are people so oblivious to things like the scientific method? If that's what school is here to teach us, uh, I people just don't care, mate. As, as as far as I can see, it. like yeah, you're trying to explain something, they're just not interested in in that uh, reason. Once they've got their answer, they don't they're just they're just not interested in, in finding the the real answer. They're just um, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I come back to my dumb trading mates. They're just, just not interested in in really having that conversation. They can't hold themselves. They can't think critically. Um, and, yeah, they just accept it as narrative. And they think, well, they just, just don't want to know. It's, um, I don't know, it just doesn't affect their daily life. And they're, they're just not interested in it. Yeah, I get that people aren't interested in it. What I'm questioning is if school is here to teach us to make us smart, how come so few people seem to leave school with any ability to challenge what they're told? And I think, like, just in asking the question, I guess my angle on this is pretty obvious. What I want to do is, because we're not planning for this show to be too long, I want to read out some of the comments from the live chat. Adrian Pop says that children films also contain animals that most children haven't seen. Dinosaurs are put in that mix. It's a matter of opportunity. I don't think they specifically want to show dinos before critical thinking kicks in. And that's fair enough. This is uh, an open forum. There's more than 30 people there now uh, watching live. Would you believe that? Some people are going to agree with some of what I say. Some will agree with what you say, Lucas. Some will agree with neither of us, I'm sure. And I guess one of the, the beauties of doing this road trip is that you and I come at this from very different perspectives. I consider myself to be a sceptical person. You've already mentioned that you disagree with me about things like children's vaccines. Can you give the audience a, a broader idea of, I guess, where you would sit on the spectrum of uh, like what I would call deep skeptics like myself who more or less challenge everything that we're told uh, right through to the normies who believe everything they're told, where do you reckon you would sit on that spectrum? Yeah, I'm very sceptical by nature. Um, it's just my default position. Um, you know, don't believe anything until shown otherwise. But I kind of, I think that's where I stop um, the investigation where you will go further and ask the questions. Like if, if you said, oh, yeah, the moon landing's real or fake, oh, it's like a, Maybe it is, maybe it is. I don't really care because I'm not that interested in the outcome either way. It doesn't really affect my daily life either way. Um, like money and Bitcoin does, I'm interested in it. It's, it's software, it's math. I've got a, a, a bit more of a uh, interest in that. Um, so there's lots of topics you can throw at me and when they affect myself um, or the outcome of it or my family or something, then I might investigate a bit further. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you've said and like maybe they're true, maybe they're not. And, and I don't, to be honest, I just don't care either way. Um, I'm just not that 
um, bought into the argument of it. So if you were to present some good evidence on something like 9-11, I'd, I'd look at it and say, yeah, sure, then that makes sense. But I'm just, I'll just hear that, yeah, I just, I'm just at that, that, that thin level. Like, yeah, I guess I, I've got a lot of breadth, but not a lot of depth. So you just say one thing and then, okay, sure, no plans. Okay, have a look at it, whatever, that, that makes sense. I'll move on. I won't then spend weeks, months, or that going into it. Tom Dinosaurs, like I said, I've got a bit of a family interest in it. So now I'm, I'm, I'm interested, I'm seeing what it could do with children. Um, so why not investigate that a, a little bit uh, further? Um, there are some questions in the official narrative, like the uh, the proponents that we're, we're talking about here, like their papers just seem a little bit um, white on evidence um, and they just seem to be this circular um, reasoning as well. They just seem to self, uh, they just quote themselves and to me that just doesn't, yeah, it, it just feels like like a Bible. You know, the only evidence you've got of God is is the book that talks about God. So it just feels a little bit like that as well. So um, it doesn't feel like the scientific method is practiced that well, or maybe that's just a very small niche of people that um that are interested in it. And and these are one things we will go and find out. Maybe there's just a handful of experts. That's a good little segue. I guess we need to move on. We've given the listeners a, a basic overview of who we are, how we're coming at this topic, and now we should talk more about, I guess, this uh, road trip that we've got coming up. I have to say one of the things that I'm looking forward to, though, just touching on what we talked about before, is uh, I'm someone who obviously a lot of my views on things, if people knew my real views on things, uh, they would find it very easy to get very offended because there are many things that I do not believe that most people think you have to believe. You have to believe certain things about history. You have to believe certain things about science. You have to believe certain things about cosmology. You have to believe them. Otherwise, it's very offensive to people. And so I generally keep my beliefs or my lack of belief to myself. But in Lucas, someone who I've known for a couple of years, been to his house, played some poker, met his family, lovely people, lovely house actually in a very nice suburb, and yet, despite the fact that there are many things that he and I disagree on, we can still get along really well. And one of the things that concerns me with people in this scene, in this field of interest of challenging what the TV tells us, is I think a lot of people, once they stop believing in the narratives of television and school, they seem to think it's their mission to talk about it all the time and alienate themselves from people who either don't care or are actively triggered by the things that you have to say. So hopefully, Lucas, by doing this uh, little road trip out to Winton, you and I can uh, have a few chats in the in the van along the way, maybe stop in at a couple of pubs, have a few frothies, and people can see that even though you and I might disagree on some pretty important topics like vaccination or whatever, doesn't mean we can't hang out, doesn't mean we can't have good times and have fun and have a laugh and uh, still try and put together something that's uh, productive for the benefit of others. What say you? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a very good summary. And I just... Uh... Yeah, I'm still tilting about how I folded Ace Queen to your pocket fours when you shove light, if you remember correctly. But um, I saw a comment on uh, uh, from Nathan Oakley about I'm in a dungeon. Well, this is actually the the man cave, and over there, over there is the poker table. So this is where I get my best work done. But yeah, I mean that, that's that's what uh yeah that's what conversation. That's what life's about. Go on, yeah, have conversations and yeah. Don't get emotional. We, you can say you, you can say whatever you like about vaccinations. At the end of the day, I'm still going to vaccinate my kids, so that's that's my choice. And you know, and when we should say we should say for the benefit of listeners, though, I never bring vaccinations up with you, do I? It came up once when you were on a live show that I was doing, like an after show for a debate. I've never actually brought it up with you in real life, have I? Like you've got a son, 
you want to vaccinate him, that's your business. If you have chosen to do that, there's nothing I can say that is going to undo that, even if I could convince you it was wrong. And if you've gone ahead and done it, you probably believe in it. So why would I waste any of our time bringing it up? So just for the benefit of listeners, it should be made clear. I've never actually pestered you about that topic, have I? Yeah, but even if you did, if you said, hey, you know, I found this piece on um, vaccination that you might find interesting, I probably would. I said, because, you know. But I've never even done that, have I? I've never even sent you any emails or, like, I've never bothered you on that topic, have I? Why haven't you? I'm not good enough for your your vaccinations. (laughs) No, I get where you're going. But, like, even if you did, I know your interests are uh, uh, in the right place. And said, hey, check out this paper. And, you know, that still may or may not change my mind. But I get where you're going. There's some conversations topics that we might not talk about but i don't really care if, if you do or not but i think what you're saying is that you you won't try you try and um you won't be able to change me so you're not going to fight a battle you know you can't win is probably what you're saying there so um which which is a, which is a good strategy so um you know we've got lots of other things we can talk about so that's one thing you know it, hey we've got 38 hours in a car too so i might come up you know I probably won't even talk about the, what is it, 1974 grand final with North Melbourne winning. Was that right? Because I don't really care about that grand final. So there's some things I yeah, just don't talk about that I'm interested. But, you know, on that Venn I think it was uh, I think it was 75, actually, 75 and 77, if memory serves. A bit before my time. But the, the point that I'm trying to make to the, to the listeners is uh, Lucas knows my position on vaccines. I know his. He's the one with the child. I'm not. Uh, why... Why would I let that come between me and him that we have different views on that topic, right? And I see many people, including people I know in real life, who will let one or two topics come between them and friends and family. And to me, this is utterly insane. And so one of the things that I'm hoping will come out of this trip is that people can see that two guys with some views that are similar, some views that are different, they can focus on what's productive and not waste time on what's not productive. Now, if Lucas comes to me and says, hey, Jono, why don't, why, like, I know you say that you would not vaccinate your children. Why is that? Hey, I'm happy to talk about it. But why am I going to push my uh, views on him? And he, and he has never tried to change my mind either. Maybe if, I, maybe if I had a partner who was pregnant, he might come and say, hey, Jono, you know the vaccination thing? I want you to see some literature that proves that it's good for them. Hey, maybe I would take a look at his literature. But the point I'm trying to make, Lucas, and I'm sure you can back me up on this, you and I have never... So, so far as I can remember, gotten into a heated argument about anything. No, I think I think you're right. Um, yeah, footy aside, and even that, it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> what, are we, what are we going to argue about? My team's shit, <laughs> your team's shit. What is there to? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, no, you're right, but that's that's the point. Like, uh, that, that's that's what you should be able to do as adults, right? Have that conversation, and you know, I don't see why people get so upset about these conversations, um, you know, I, I get baffled with it. And I can't talk to a lot of normal people as well because you can't even, you know, they start to answer with, you know, the, the classic one-word one, one word answers and then, you know, you, you've lost them, you know. So, yeah, I find it refreshing that you can talk to some people. And, yeah, actually, you know, I haven't thought of that angle, you know. By listening to your point, you know, it might strengthen my position as well. You know, that's, that's another tactic as well because, you know, what you're saying may actually, you know, yeah, like I said, defend defend my position. So why not listen to other people's uh, conversations or other people's ideas? You know, if you live in your own little bubble, like um, I'm self-committed, like um, in my little Bitcoin bubble, I know that sometimes I have to take a step back. And once you're in that zone and looking all the way, you think everyone perceives it that way. So sometimes you need to 
take a step back and look at it through someone else's opinion um, and then maybe you see something that you don't. Um, so I'm trying to think of one of those little goats that you showed that uh, that that articulated that probably better than I did. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The um, So that was on a, I think that was after the presidential election. I went yeah. through a list of the, um, uh, the, some guy put together this illustration of the different goats of maturity. He used goats yeah. as like a, an analogy to different states of human interaction or what have you. And uh, see, here's the thing, Lucas, most people, despite the fact that you're referencing one of my previous videos, most people won't get the reference. That's it. Unfortunately, in this scene, most people's memories are very, very, very poor. But um, I am planning to release that little section of that show as its own video. And uh, hopefully once I get my website finished, I will do that. But we better move on because time is of the essence. So getting to the road trip now, you're basically the logistics man here, Lucas. Uh, we've made it your job to, because it's, it's always best to, to, if you're in a team, people to know what their roles are. So I consider myself like the, um, the filmographer, if you like, and I'll be doing all the, uh, most of the post-production editing once we get back. But in terms of being at certain places at certain times, uh, you know, the, the, um, the logistics of the whole exercise, you're really in charge of all of that. So can you give the listeners an idea of what the road trip will entail, how long it will take, the places we'll be uh, going to and, and returning from and the rest of it? Give, give them an idea of what this road trip is actually going to involve. Yep, yep, that's a good question. Uh, right, just so you know, I've only got 5% of my battery, so I didn't bring my charger around. So if I do cut out, I do apologise. It's probably me going offline. Um, so, yeah, I do work Monday to Friday, do the 48, uh, 45 hours with actually a government department as well, um, so you know. Um, so we shut down over the Christmas break, um, so I'm going to probably take a week off over the other side from January 3 on. Now, unfortunately, most of the places like the Dinosaur Museum are closed during um, and the 1st of January. So we're probably going to leave Brisbane around the 30th of December. Um, gives us a nice uh, three or four days to make our way out there. The Dinosaur Museum opens again on the 2nd of January. Um, give us probably two or three days out there. There's uh, Winton... And there's two other sites. There's one uh, north and one northwest, Richmond, and the other one escapes me. It starts with H. Um, and then we might even head back via Emerald, hit Rockhampton, and down uh, down there. So, you know, it's going to be probably, you know, just under 4,000 kilometres all up. Um, like I mentioned at the start, my parents do own a camper van, so we won't be roughing it too much. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's a long trip. Um, yeah, just uh, make our way out. There's no real agenda. Just try and hit those. Uh, hit 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 there by the second of January is a real real one. Um, and then I need to get back to work probably the tenth of January. So yeah, three or four days on the road back as well. So yeah, try and mix it up. My parents have just actually made the trip out there to Birdsville and back up to Winton. So we will probably catch up with them around the seventeenth when you're up here, Johnny. Get some inside tips. Uh, on what to do and what not to do um, and, yeah, start to uh, form the uh, itinerary a bit more then. But that's the loose plans. But, you know, it all depends on how we feel. I'm sure we could smash out 12, 14 hours behind the wheel if we really had to. But, you know, it's going to be, you know, 40 degrees Celsius. What's that, 110 uh, Fahrenheit? So you probably don't want to be in the car much after 9 a.m. So try and get that driving done 5 to 9, four, 4 or 5 hours on the road and then... Um, 
get some away to the docker. Uh, yeah, then uh, keep keep the feet up and uh, yeah, get on the froffies maybe. Well, in the live chat, Common Law Man, who's been uh, a follower of my podcast for two years now, ever since the ARP first started, really. He says that he's in Bundaberg and we should uh, go and pay him a visit when we're moving through. Is Bundaberg on the itinerary? Yeah, it can be. Like I said, I was probably going to come back through Emerald and Rockhampton just to mix it up. Um, probably only adds another 300Ks on the trip. Um, there is actually a dino dig up at Mackay too, but time probably won't permit. So, yeah, definitely Bundy on the way through. We can definitely uh, make that a, 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 a stop. That's, that's not a problem. Excellent. Because, you know, I've never been further north than the Sunshine Coast. So for me, this isn't just a road trip to go to Winton or to make a film. This is actually me finally seeing part of the country where I've lived for most of my almost 30 years. So uh, the more of these regional towns that we can take in, the better. And Bundaberg is uh, pretty well known for one thing, Lucas. Can you tell our international listeners what that might be? Yeah, it's the uh, Bundy Rum. And uh, I've been up there before, actually. There's... um. Some good folklore up there, how some bats got spilled and uh, the fish got drunk and some uh, some interesting characters up there. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good little spot, actually, um, bottom of the reef. Um, yeah, we can yeah, definitely stop in there on the way back. And I'm just just actually having a kind of the, uh, live chat myself. And um, there's a comment, Archimedean Eye, am I literally in my mum's basement? Well, <laughs> it, is, it is actually my own home. I, uh, I do have that mortgage. I didn't, uh, didn't buy that many Bitcoin at in 2013 but we won't all digress so uh, yeah it is it is my man cave down here where, where the boys come and play some poker of, of course the stereotype lucas is that anyone who doesn't believe what the government tells them or what tv tells them must be a conspiracy theorist in their parents basement and yeah. sadly there is just like just about any cliche there is some element of truth to that in the sense that many people who are interested in this kind of stuff for one reason or another they do tend to be relatively unsuccessful people and uh, unfortunately when you dabble in these topics you do risk being uh, i guess judged as one of those people that just comes with the territory and i guess that's a good final topic before your battery does run out there lucas have you spent much time thinking about the potential blowback that might come to you as a result of challenging or even being willing to question or even being around me on camera someone who questions the narrative of dinosaurs or science have you spent much time thinking about that? And uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I actually have. We mentioned this um, a while ago when we started talking about making the documentary. Um, and I've actually started doing a little probing on people as well just to gauge their reactions. Um, my wife my wife, sorry, is actually a teacher at a Catholic school, so they had their Christmas uh, due the other day. Uh, so I was starting to float around the idea about um, you know, how old, the world is to the Catholics and, you know, what evidence do they have of dinosaurs? And it actually demanded some, uh, actually I don't know if I told, told this one. One of the teachers actually told me that they don't teach, um, oh, they don't teach God. They teach the, or, or the Bible. They teach the Bible myth now is the Australian curriculum or the Queensland curriculum. So because it's not based on evidence, they call it myth. So that is actually being taught now, which I found Quite interesting. Um, but, you know, the same thing comes up with us, you know, how do you know about dinosaurs? I say, oh, we see them in the museums. I say, well, have you seen the bones? Um, they, they confess quite quickly that they probably haven't. Um, so I don't think it's that 
big of a, a deal. I don't, I don't really don't see that much uh, fallout socially. Um, you say, look, have, have you seen the uh, have you seen the bones yourself? And a lot of people will say, actually, no, I haven't. Um, and it might be a good way. It might be a good gateway topic into other skepticism. Actually, that's what I'm really hoping. It might, you know, might actually. Um, Start to yeah to to bring people into questioning the, the official narrative on some other things, but who knows? Who knows? Well, mate, your uh, battery's running flat, and we weren't planning to go too long with the show, so I'll give you a chance to get your final thoughts in now before the computer runs out. This has been the first episode, the welcome and overview. We haven't gone into too much detail about Winton, and I guess some of the main reasons why we think there might be, well, why I think there might be some shenanigans going on there. But do you have any thoughts you'd like to leave the listeners or the viewers with for the first episode of Dino Skeptics Live? Uh, probably not. Sorry, mate, at this point, I think I've uh, wrapped it up. It's getting uh, pretty hot here in the man cave up in uh, Queensland in summer. Um, so, yeah, I'm just about, yeah, unfortunately, I have to go to work tomorrow too. So, I'm about uh, ready to turn in myself. Uh, but no, it's been good chatting. I hope, yeah, hope your listeners do get something out of it. Um, yeah, I'm. Um, Sure, the uh, the adventure will be a good one as well. You know, there's probably going to be plenty of things that you know uh, that'll make the road trip as well. Not just a not just the dinosaurs. It'll be a hopefully good last road trip. Um, get up to a bit of mischief. Uh, see what happens on the adventure, and you yeah, might just be uh, a documentary in itself, just the adventure. So looking forward to it. But um, yeah, definitely uh, be catching up soon anyway. So we we'll be able to prep a little bit more and uh, get our. Uh, get our game plan together and um, head out there pretty soon. Well, I fly back up there Wednesday week. So what we might do is uh, maybe one more of these shows before I fly up there. And then once I'm there, we can um, just do the shows together, like I guess live on the one camera, and uh, maybe get three or four of these done before we leave so that people have a good idea of, uh, of what we're up to while we're away and what they can expect. And, of course... We will be giving people the opportunity to be part of this uh, before we leave in a, in a method sort of similar to Indiegogo or uh, Kickstarter or these kinds of um, platforms. You know, there are independent films where you can contribute, say, 10 or $15 and get an advanced screening or $25, get your name in the credits, this kind of thing. We haven't got that set up just yet, but eventually, soon, the plan will be to give people the opportunity to do that as well To uh, If they believe in what we're doing, if they think that what we're doing is cool, uh, get themselves in the credits. And uh, I don't know about you, Lucas, but if I was uh, an impartial observer and I couldn't uh, physically be there, I wouldn't mind getting my name on the old credits. What say you? Yeah, that sounds like a good plan, mate. There's, uh, it's going to be uh, pretty expensive on the fuel too, so if anyone wants to throw in a few bucks, uh, more, more, more than appreciated. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, we might uh, try and get some live Skypes from along the road or we'll try and mix it up, get, get, get your listeners involved. It'd be great to, great to see, uh, you know, some participation from the, from the crowd, for sure. Excellent, mate. Well, thanks for joining us for episode one of Dino Skeptics Live. Of course, Dino Skeptics is the working title of the film. We haven't officially settled on the title as of yet, but for now, that'll do the trick. So people can go to johnlebon.com. That's J-O-H-N-L-E-B-O-N.com. There you'll find the key topics section. Just scroll down to Dino Fraud. It'll come up with Dino Skeptics, the feature-length documentary, and there you'll find all of the information about what is so important about Winton? Because we barely touched on it today, but the moment you start looking at the official story of Winton, if there's a functioning brain in that head of yours, you'll start to see some problems, and I'm sure you'll find this whole project very interesting if you don't already. So that'll wrap us up for Episode 1 on the 6th of December 2016. 
This has been Dino Skeptics Live with myself, JLB, and Lucas up there in Brisbane. We'll see you for the next one, but until then, you guys take care of yourselves.